Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Brett, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so, we have a in-person communication seminar coming up. <laughs> yep. That is, you said June 10th? June 10th at the farm at Natchez Trace. Awesome. You can register through our website at dogspeak101.com. And you can still get it online. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. You just have to kind of email us. and uh, You can actually purchase it on our website as well. Awesome. Look, see, she knows more. I'm just here to talk dogs, and she talks logistics and schedules. And At least it sh- it's supposed to be on there. I put it on there. I- we should probably double check Sometimes that. Sometimes you can't trust me. Well, yeah. It's I mean, there. I can trust you, it's but it happens. Um, we are going to get into something a little different today. What is that? Well... I'm kind of getting into my, um, what are the words? What's the word I'm looking for? Anagrams? Ac- acronym. Acronym. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of it. Acronyms. I'm getting into some acronyms. Sometimes it's just fun to sit back and kind of think of words and then kind of see if something comes to you. And the other night. What were you doing the other night when you came up with this? I was just in meditation. Actually, I was just kind of meditating and it just kind of came to me. Like an epiphany? I don't know if I would say it was epiphany. Um, I was just kind of thinking about the book, my next book, and um, and for those that don't know, I do have some books on Amazon you can find. Uh, but you know they've been they were they've been out there for a while, and it's time to do a new book. So I was thinking about the book, and this came up. So we're going to talk about that, mm-hmm. and then um, I also want to bring up. Um, I figured something new that we could do to keep everybody updated with Myers. Is kind of maybe have a little Myers moment. Okay. Right? We have a Myers moment. So what's our Myers moment today? So Or this week? This week for today, this week. <laughs> so we, so I had to take him to the vet to get his last round of shots. And do you hear him back there? He's playing and he's rubbing. Like a, 
gremlin. Uh, that's what somebody called him a gremlin today at prison. He sounds like a gremlin. So yeah, one of the uh, officers was were like, they were like, I don't know what he exactly looks like. No, he looks like a gremlin. I was like, well, everybody thinks gremlins are cute. He sounds. He does. He sounds like a gremlin, and it's really cute to watch these guys that look at him like that when he was making that noise. They were like, "What am I supposed to do with this?" They're not used to having, you know, rambunctious terrier type dogs. Mm -hmm. But so he was going for his final shot, set of shots, and it was um, Saturdays at the vet clinic. It's a um, first come, first serve. So when I got there, I went ahead and went in and signed him in. Wrote down what I was there for. And this was his second time going there. So I just went in and got him out of the car. Went to let him try to go potty. Well, when we were outside, he barked at another dog that was out there. And I was like, all right, you know, he's kind of in that stage. So I kind of moved him. He, I had a new harness on him and it wasn't, you could tell he did not like it. Mm-hmm. And I'd forgotten to put his collar on him. So we were kind of stuck in that harness. Not a good choice. It was not a good harness for him. So he was already a little uncomfortable. Uh, so I went ahead and we went in to the waiting room like we did last time with you. Mm-hmm. He was great last time, right? You remember? Yeah. He was really yeah. good. As soon as he went in, he started barking. And it's the Yorkie bark, that loud, high-pitched, just, I'm here and I have a lot to say bark. Yeah. Like, I have entered the building, y'all. Pretty much. And so um, I thought, well, you know, it's going to be a while before I get in. I had a few people in front of me, so... We went out and we started doing segment training of starting out in the parking lot. Uh, we basically just sat there and worked on people coming in and out and, and dogs were coming in and out. And the, uh, there was one dog that was waiting for a room, but he was staying outside, I guess, because he was maybe a barker. And I just spent quite a few, quite a few minutes actually working on that right there. And then my goal was to kind of get him. We went kind of from the parking lot to the front door area and my next step was going to go just in between the doors so you got the door to the outside and then the door to the inside there's that little hallway but they have glass doors so as soon as you get in that little middle section he could see the dogs in the waiting room he'd start barking yeah so we go right back out and i bet it took us probably a good 20 minutes for him to um, be successful at each little segment of quiet to get him inside. and But once we were inside, he did really well in the waiting room. And even another dog was barking at him. And he was really good. Now, I upped my reward. Mm-hmm. I used a trachea stick, a um, piece of trachea, for him to chew on. I was going to use for the doctor. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to reward him really highly. He can chew on this a little bit when he's being quiet. So I was thinking that this is what people go through. Right. And you go to the vet, you got an appointment, and you get there and you, you just take the dog in. You don't let them uh, adjust to anything or take it all in. And then right. they don't have a really good experience. Yeah. And I know it's not easy for everybody to go and spend an extra 20, 30 minutes before your appointment. But I do highly recommend it. And it's just it's just another one of those times of breaking something down and making sure that you get good behavior at each step before you throw too much at your dog. Yeah, and we, we have a podcast about this, too. Yeah, we do, we? and, and I, I just don't think people do it enough. Uh, and, I, and I think if you just s- slow down and not force the dog into situations, you're going to do much better. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't about asking him to do anything. We didn't, 
walk. I didn't ask for sits. I wasn't asking for stays. I wasn't asking really for anything. I just let him just basically digest everything that was in his environment because he's five months. Right. Right. And actually what in five months at that time. So I just want to point that out to people that, yes, that's, that's how I do things, which is why I think I've been so successful so far being able to take him places to like a patio at a cafe and he just does really well Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm letting him just take things and digest things. And I think that's what's building that confidence up. And so to me, really focus on, and for me, well, what I'm doing and what I'm trying to talk to my clients about doing is focus on what you want from your dog. Like what kind of relationship do you want? And I I think we've talked about this before, but I really want this little guy to be able to go anywhere and everywhere with me that dogs are welcome. Right. And in order to do that, obedience commands, that's not going to get me there. Mm-hmm. Right? He can know to sit and down and stay and do all that. But that's not going to, to make him be able to handle an environment. Right. Or a different environment or change an environment. I want people to really start to understand that it's not about obedience. It's not about um, teaching commands and constantly telling your dog what to do. So I took him to prison today. The guys love to see him at prison with our uh, service dog organization. I take him in because he's very different than what they get. So the staff loves him. Well, not necessarily younger, but definitely smaller. Definitely a lot smaller. Um, They don't even get them this small when they're puppies. So I take him with me when I go and the guys love him. And once I get there, I hand him off to an inmate and he's with that inmate the whole time I'm there. <laughs> but it's really fun because when I had him today and we went in, I don't think I gave him one command except for that's enough because we were dealing with some barking. Right. Uh, with some new things. He saw himself in the mirror a couple of times and barked at that. Um, but on the way out, I had him, you know, we have to go through several gates and fencing and, and things like that. But I had him off leash and I literally... I don't think I gave him two commands because he didn't need it because he stayed with me. He didn't stay on top of me, but he was aware that this is the environment we're in. And he paid attention. And when I did need to do something, it was something like this way. And he just did really, really well. And, and I think it's, it's not because he knows a bunch of commands. It's because I've allowed him to learn that every different environment that he goes in the expectations are the same and that I'm going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's made him successful so far. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, I mean, we're still going to deal with some barking stuff because he's got that Yorkie in him and we're working on that. <laughs> but overall, I think he's he just adjusts really well. So, yeah, that's my Meyer story for the week. Awesome. So for all of you guys out there with puppies or even, you know, your new dog, sit back and think about what you want from your dog. And don't think that obedience is going to get you there. It's a sort of enlightening having a puppy again. You know what it is. Applying it to your work. You know, it is because I forgot a lot of things, but also I'm raising this puppy very differently than I raised my past Rottweilers. Right. I mean, very differently. And uh, at this point at five months, uh, my Rottweilers knew a lot of commands. We're already started on, you know, working with their nose of search and rescue or human remains and, um, you know, was almost halfway to certification. 
I'm not doing that with him. Mm-hmm. He has a great nose, though. He does love his nose work. But it's just, it's been a little different and very enlightening to have a puppy that's just a pet. That I want him to go with me for different reasons. Even though my Roddy's went with me a lot of places, there was sometimes a lot of different reasons for that. But for him, it's just to go and have a good time. Yeah. All right, I think Gray is going to use him as a um, a pickup to pick up girls because he's that cute. Oh, my God. Yeah, Gray was like, I'm just going to take him, come get him, and, and I, it would work. because I wish she would come get Isabella and do that. Yeah, but the problem is that, so you know. she can get some work. <laughs> she's just going to bark at everybody. That's just too much for her. She's an introvert. Myers is an extrovert like me. Isn't that weird, though? Isn't that funny, though, how our dogs are a lot like us? Isabel is a lot like you, and he's a lot like me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really kind of how you shape them and what you give them. So yeah, there you go. I sort of gravitate. Well, granted, I didn't know Isabella was a border collie as a puppy, mostly border collie. But I tend to gravitate towards them anyway. Um, you know, chronic anxiety. Chaos coordinator. <laughs> Chaos coordinator. <laughs> Always on high alert. Exactly. When's the next shoe going to drop? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kidding about that. Sort sort of. Sort of. Sort of of kidding. Well, yeah, because you got got her thinking that she was going to be like Jake, who's a flat-coated retriever. Speaking of flat-coated retrievers, I had one in class last night. Really? 11-month-old flat-coated retriever, (gasps) full-blooded. You Um, said full-blooded. Full-blooded. Yeah, and uh, his nose was a little bit longer than Jake's, and his head was a little bit skinnier. But, uh, yeah, I look just like Jake. Oh, yeah. I miss my Jakey. I know. He's a good boy. All right. So that's my Meyer story. I'm just going to give you all some things of what I'm learning as a puppy raiser now. Because so, I, I do. I forget about our, these things. Our, our, our Retrieving Independence volunteers are laughing at you, I'm sure. I know, because they all know because how. Because you are a puppy raiser. I am a puppy raiser, but I'm raising my puppy not as a service dog. Although... I mean, he might make it as a therapy dog. He's pretty cute. He's pretty dang cute. You know, I'm so smitten. All right. So anyway, there we go. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. What are we actually talking about today? Acronyms. Yeah. Hey, I got it right. I almost said anagram again. <laughs> um, acronyms. I love acronyms. And people use them all the time. Uh, you know, my Roddy's name was Tiba, T-B-A-A, and it stood for Touched by an Angel, because she was. Uh, so I'm really into them. Uh, I was trying to think about uh, explaining to people or helping people understand what it really took to develop a relationship mm-hmm. and that love that they're looking for with their dog. Right. Right. And what I did is I kind of, in my head, I thought about these attributes that need to happen. And then I figured, and then I, I realized they actually fit into a word. All right. So tell us what it is, because everybody's on the edge of their seat. And we're 20 minutes in, and <laughs> we're just talking about Myers. Just talking about Myers. Um, all right. Are you ready for this? Crust. Okay. It's When you hear... When you hear crust, okay, look, and we're not going to talk about the word itself. Kind of freaks me out. Crusty muffins, or 
or uh, was the Moist Muffins a Saturday Night Live skit yeah, with Betty White? Got rest her soul. Yeah, crusty, crusty muffins. Yeah. Crust. I know. It's sort of like the M word for me. I. Yes, it can be. Mo- moist. <laughs> I know she can't say it. <laughs> but what do you think about if you're talking about crust, crust of a pizza, crust of a pie? Um, what does it do? Um, I, uh, Come on. It holds everything in. It holds everything in. It holds everything <laughs> together. Right? That's what crust does. Yeah. It, it kind of surrounds the important aspects of things. Ah, right? see what you're right? doing there. See what I've got, right? See where you're going. See where I'm going, right? That crust is the, the boundary, the border that holds that all together. Uh-huh. Okay. So what does it mean? All right. So when we're talking about developing that relationship, there are important things that you got to have. And if you remember the words, the word crust, then you can remember what you need to develop a real relationship with your dog. And we're going to start obviously with C. Um, and for me, the most important thing in any relationship that you have to have is communication. Mm-hmm. And helping people understand that dogs don't communicate like we do. You know, we tend to think that yelling and screaming in communication is okay, but yet we get freaked out when our dog does a yell or a scream, such as a bark or a growl or a snarl or a snap. We have to understand that dogs have a way to communicate, uh, which is why we push that dog communication seminar so much. Yeah. Uh, Because if you can understand how they communicate, then there are things that you can do to communicate back with them using body language, but also knowing when they need a break, knowing when they're stressed, knowing when they need you out of their face, knowing when they're uncomfortable, being able to communicate that will really help to build, um, you know, what you need. Right. You cannot have a relationship without communication. That is true. First and foremost. Now, the rest don't necessarily go in the right order, although you, we kind of had this discussion no, about actually it. actually they do. I see, and that's the thing. Is so, and But I think that even if you put these in different orders, there are maybe one or two orders that are would be very good and some orders that may not be. But I think crust kind of really sums it up. Yes. Right? I would not try to turn the word around. And I'm like, cursed. <laughs> um, so we have our communication. So with R, what do you think that would be in a relationship? Although we talked about this a couple of days ago, but. Yeah, but I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. So, that's true. Uh, R would be. You got this. I just know it's on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> oh, Respect. Yeah, this is what happens when we drink water and coffee during I know. podcasts instead so of alcohol. Boring. So boring. So Midday podcast. Midday podcast. Boring. Yes, R would be for respect, right? Um, and it's not about this respect that people think that maybe we were raised to think you're going to respect me because I'm your parent. Yeah. That, to me, that's not what I'm what I'm talking about. For me, it's more about respecting who the dog is as an individual, respecting the genetics of that dog. Uh, For an example, I had a client, uh, one of our students last night in class has 
um, a mixed breed dog. And I love they did the DNA. When I first looked at the dog, I saw Anatolian Shepherd. And in actuality, the dog actually has 20-something percent of chow. Hmm. You don't see much of that. No. Dog does have some German Shepherd in it, but uh, the chow is kind of the big thing. So when I went to say hi to all the dogs, it was our first first class, the dog was aloof and shy from me. And right. of course, I didn't, I didn't force that. So once we found out the dog was chow, I said, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Your dog is going to probably be more aloof. So in other words, don't force the dog to be social with people. Don't force the dog to be petted by people. Right. Right. Acknowledge the fact that the dog's genetics um, are going to make him a little more aloof. And I think that's what respect is about. Yeah. Understanding what the dog is in its natural form before we try to start molding it into something. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. I mean, when you think about respect, what is it that you think about? You know, I mean, take you and Isabella for an example. How would you kind of define what respect would be with you guys on that? Um, I think the biggest thing is me just sort of giving her space. She's also not a very cuddly puppy. No, she's not. Um, but she has become lately more because a lot more. Yeah. But and it's not like oh, I'm going to ignore you, so you'll come over here and ask for attention. It's more like. Okay, Britt, maybe quit petting your dog. She's literally trying to walk away right now. <laughs> but also, I mean, I go back to, I think I told the story of my my brother had come into town and picked her up um, in his lap and was petting her. I mean, she she jumped up there. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. like she willingly jumped in his lap. But um, then he was sort of playing with her, roughhousing with her. I recognized that she was uncomfortable by her signals and told him to stop. And he put her down and she was like, oh, okay. Like she did a shake off and she's like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, doing things like that, just recognizing when she's in an uncomfortable spot, um, I think has been huge. Yeah. She sort of looks to me more for direction than she used to. And I don't think that's mm -hmm. necessarily an age thing. I think it's us building that relationship. Absolutely. Because... When you have that communication, you can read when they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you can respect that they're giving that signal and help them through that. Right. Or help them away from that, whatever the case may be. Um, and they do. They they should be able to look at you. And you will find that if we allow a dog to come into their own, as far as being cuddly and snuggly, Myers is not a big cuddler right now. And I hate it because I really want him to be, <laughs> but I'm respecting it at the moment. I'm not forcing him to kind of cuddle with me because what I'm going to do is develop that relationship of all these things we're talking about of communication and I respect that he needs his own space at that point, because I'll do that, then he'll be able to uh, go into some of the other letters we're going to talk about and he'll want to interact with me a little bit more because he knows that I will respect him if he says, I need a break. Yeah. So... So we have our communication and we have respect. Now we have our you. Don't ask me. Just tell us. Really? Yeah, for real. Come on. (laughs) Play my game. I mean, come on. You can only be so many things when it comes to dogs. Yeah. All right. She's just looking at me blank. Like, uh, 
understanding. And it kind of goes along with the respect, right? We're understanding where the dog is in their moment. So for me with Myers, the respect of who he is, because he has Yorkie in him, I understand he's going to have some barking moments. And so instead of me getting frustrated with him, because I don't want a barky dog, instead of getting frustrated with him, I understand where he's coming from. Um, and I'm helping him learn how to work through that. And we're learning to work through it together. So I think also understanding who your dog is and understanding the stages they go through. Understanding the fear periods. Understanding that they're going to have a day. Like, we went to the vet the first time with him. He was perfect. I expected, because he was older, I expect a little bit better behavior. Or right. as good a behavior. And I got totally opposite. Right? I got um, barking and pulling and just crazy stuff. In that moment, I had to to understand where he was in his development. Mm -hmm. And that helped us continue to build the relationship because I didn't get mad. I didn't yell at him. I didn't change who I was. And I didn't change my behavior towards him because he was doing that. Right. They all know I'm a trainer there. Right. I'm not going to just pretend like he's not doing it because I'm embarrassed because my dog's acting up. No. I want my dog to know that I don't care what anybody else thinks, that I understand where he is, that I am his rock and I am that tour guide and I am that upper management and I will make sure that he has everything that he needs to be able to figure out this scenario in this situation. So, you know, those kind of three parts of understanding, um, I think goes a long way. Yeah. Right. And, you know, when you can understand like where your dog's coming from, I think it helps you better to navigate it. I think our frustration kicks in when we don't understand. Yeah. And I used to think it wasn't that important to get the dog's genetics, but now I'm like, I wish everyone would do the genetics on their dog. I'm even though I'm fairly certain. Yeah. <laughs> we're pretty certain. Isabella is mostly border collie. I may do hers anyway. I'd be curious to see what else is in there. Yeah. What else is driving some of these? Yeah. She does have a good nose. We'll just, you know. She does. Not that Border Collies don't. It's just. They're more eye oriented. Yeah. Um, we were, we were playing and speaking of like being more eye than scent oriented. Uh, the other day we played the hunt game in the, in my, I took her to my mom's house and mom lives on gosh, lots of acreage, um, that her landlord owns. And so, uh, we go out there and, uh, from time to time I'll put her on a long leash and we'll work on, you know, just some basic things. Can't let her run free because of the horses. And we all know what herding dogs do. Yes. With and the horses do not appreciate that livestock and other large animals. So, um, so I took her out there and I thought, Oh, you know what? Let's play a game. So I had my mom hold her and I hid treats throughout just my mom's yard basically. And it wasn't something we'd done before. Um, so obviously, you know, when you start a new activity or game, you, you got to teach the rules first, right? Obviously. So, um, we, but you know, we'd never done this. So I took her out and she got the first one. It was pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> it was right there, uh, like an Easter egg hunt basically. And I realized that her nose was in all different 
direction. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of wildlife out there and that sort of thing. So it occurred to me, she is very sight oriented because she's a border collie. So um, I sort of did instead of, oh, go hunt, which is what we were originally going to do. I mm-hmm. changed it. It's like, so we did a search game instead where I gave the command look with sort of a blanket um, hand signal, not like pointing at it, like look right here, but more of, I guess what you would see when you see a search dog yes. searching like a vehicle and you kind of like. The hand is the guide. Yeah. Just doing a blanket this area yep. right here. Um, and it was really fascinating because she, we've never done that before, but she understood it immediately. Um, Cause I mean, I inadvertently do hand signals with her anyway. I don't realize I'm doing it, but I do. Most people don't. Um, So I, you know, did that. And it was, it was so fascinating to watch. She would canvas that little area and, and then, you know, obviously would, would find the treat, but um, yeah, understanding those genetics, I think is really important because I was like, oh, well, the sniffing out game is not her jam. It's not necessarily part of her DNA. Right. Um, and, but the, but working together. Yes. With a human is what she was, you know, they were bred to do. So that hand signal was super important. Um, and us working together. I love that. It was a really long story just to tell you it's important to understand your dog's genetics. <laughs> no, I think it's mm-hmm. great because it's those little moments. Right? I mean, we've been doing this for so long and, you know, this is, this, we've had dogs, but it's the more you educate yourself and the more you kind of keep reminding yourself of these things will help you learn to kind of adjust yourself on the fly like that mm-hmm. and help your dog be successful. And that's what you did, right? You took a, you took a moment to where she maybe wasn't going to be so successful, but by understanding who she is and what she is, you help set her up for success to make that a positive experience, to build confidence. We need to do more of that yeah. with our dogs. We need to, when we take our dogs out, we need to have more understanding and help them be more successful. Um, and and that is kind of goes into the S with me, um, which is safety. Mm-hmm. And we want our dogs to always feel safe with us. I mean, if you can imagine, if you've ever had... If you ever had a situation, whether it was at home or a job where it was turmoil or uh, lots of arguments and fighting, your home or your workplace, you didn't feel safe. Right. And knowing, and I know there were a lot of people that grew up like that. They grew up in a home they did not feel safe in, but they had no choice but to be there. And the trauma that they may be dealing with now is is due to that. As humans, we can understand more about what this life is like, where these dogs, we're putting them in these situations where they actually have zero guidance whatsoever. And so if they're in a home where they don't feel safe, where they don't know if the dog, I mean, if the owner is going to yell at them that day, if they're going to love and pet on them, if they're going to be let out at a certain time, if they are going to get to go play today, or, you know, are they going to get yelled at for doing something they did yesterday that was, you know, they didn't get yelled at and, or we're on a walk with, you know, and another dog approaches and the dog doesn't know if their owner is going to 
correct them on the leash, tighten up the leash, yell at them? Um, are they going to get to greet that dog? I mean, there are a lot of things that happen to where I'm not sure that many of, of our dogs feel safe with their owners because they don't know what to expect. And I would take that even further and um, things that we don't even think about that might make our dog feel unsafe, like forcing them to be petted by a stranger um, because we don't want to hurt a stranger's feelings and say, sorry, she's nervous. You can't pet my dog. Um, or um, there's another dog approaching. Uh, well, I'm just going to, you know, you, you got to suck it up and you, you got to walk close to this dog anyway. So even further than just outwardly being um, confrontational, but you know, you're trying, you're trying to be polite to other people and you're forcing your dog into a situation where they feel unsafe. Um, you know, sort of like, or going out in public, if your dog's not used to that and you're just sort of throwing it them into it. Um, and it's scary to them, even just something like that, not even something necessarily where you're yelling and screaming constantly. Yeah, you're right. And, and I think you brought up a great point because I know we have, there's a lot of times that I see dogs that have uh, people get dogs to make them into therapy dogs. And so they socialize and, and try to get these dogs to be petted by everybody. And they end up starting to growl and snap at people. And it's because they're being forced in these situations. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. it goes back with communication. If you can read your dog's body language, you can respect what your dog is. Right. You can understand what, you know, what they're going through. Then you can help them feel safe mm-hmm. by not forcing them into that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, safety is huge. And I, and I think that's when we talk about pen consistent and inconsistent. Obviously, we want you to be as consistent as possible. But it's more about, for me, consistency in, in helping your dog understand that you will keep them safe mm-hmm. and that you will put them in situations where they can be safe right. because you're their rock. And I think when you get all those together, then you finally get that T that's in there with trust. Yeah. All of those things add up, ultimately culminate to trust. Absolutely. So you, you have to kind of take those steps in order to hold on or hold in what it is you're trying to develop, which for me, all of that equals love. Mm Mm-hmm. If you have that communication, you have that respect, that understanding, safety, and trust, to me, that is love. Yeah. And and I think that we we tend to break down and and almost kind of force a relationship with our dog through only respect in the way we think we should be respected. Well, I mean, we've forced relationship on dogs since thousands of years ago yes we decided we would take this animal and domesticate it yes and then when we started breeding them for our own needs and you know that sort of thing um you know we sort of we sort of forced our way in there with with that relationship they had no control over that um so yeah i think you have to go through all of those if you truly want a relationship with your dog um just me no i I agree because i think that we need to stop looking at well 
you know, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have a husband or a wife. I'm going to maybe have some kids. I'm going to have a dog. I'm going to have a cat. I'm going to have a yard. No, don't do that, right? If you're going to want a dog, why? Why do you want a dog? Don't get a dog just because everybody has a dog, right? But if you truly want to have this relationship with this individual that is not like you, <laughs> then you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Don't just have one because you want one. Yeah. I mean, so much of, of what we do is, well, the dog needs to understand what I'm saying when it should be a back and forth. Absolutely. It's got to be equal Yeah, together. And, and I mean, the dog can't understand us if we're not consistent. Right. They can't feel safe if we're not consistent, if we're not that rock. It's like I told um, our trainers today, um, we've got a couple of our uh, service dogs are going through fear periods. And one said, well, that just gonna, that's just going to be the excuse that the trainer is going to use all the time. He's going through a fear period, going through a fear period. He's just going to use it. And I said, well, but he's right. The dog's going through a fear period. That's non-negotiable. Right. The, the goal is, or the key is, is how does he handle that fear period? How do you get through that? Yeah. If he can't handle it right, then we're going to have problems with this dog. And then it does continue to be fear period. It does continue to be fear period, fear period, and fear <laughs> period, and, yeah. and lack of confidence and, and those type things. So um, I do, I just think that understanding that what the development, uh, what they go through, uh, that they're dealing with this world that is unfamiliar, mm-hmm. and that it really is our job to not make them respect us and listen to everything we say, but our job is to truly develop a real relationship uh, to build a good solid crust around this relationship to hold in that love so that nothing, uh, nothing falls apart, you know? And uh, I think that that is one thing that's been majorly different with me with this dog because my mindset was my Roddy's were a working partner. Yeah. And it was a, we work together. And you built that relationship. On work. On work. But you still, that relationship, you still had to go through those steps. Absolutely. Especially with that. A successful search and rescue dog. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's not so much that you're changing um, those aspects of it. But you're doing it differently. Yeah, you're right. I am. I'm totally doing it differently. This is, I'm no longer the do this because I tell you to do it. Mm-hmm. This is no longer the, I ask you to sit and you didn't sit. So here's a consequence. Right. Um, it's more about, okay, why didn't you sit? Why did I need you to sit? Did I really need you to sit? <laughs> right. And that's the biggest thing. Why? 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 And I, I told my students last night, stop asking your dog to sit every time you turn around. Right. Um, and again, Myers at five months old, we've had him for two months and he knows, let's go this way, place. He's working on stay. He's working on calm. He sometimes touch is not something we use a ton of, but he, I did start him on touch and uh, he knows crate. Let me think. He sometimes knows the word sit. But I'm not done down. Um, we don't have a close walk. Um, we don't do a lot of like little tricks. I do have paw where he puts his paw on my hand. 
But I don't, it, it's, it's weird because by this point, my dog would have known all the basics and would have done them mm-hmm. like with a snap of a finger. What's really funny as you're saying this, I'm realizing that each of the, the sort of cues, verbal cues he knows are all safety related. So a stay or a place yep. um, is safety based. Uh, walking cues also safety based. Yep. Um, Paul seems in sequential, but actually it's very important. And I think you and Alicia are going to have a um, podcast about this soon about um, husbandry and cooperative care. Yes. That's a very um, important place to start, especially with dogs getting their nails trimmed and uh, teaching them to trust you to do that. Whereas things like sit and down don't necessarily in, in the pet world. Right. Anyway, I mean, they, obviously our service dogs, we, they have to totally do down, right. uh, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But, um, talking from a safety standpoint, sitting down aren't necessarily safety terms. They're just convenient for us yeah. at times. So it's really funny to see you kind of do the, uh, not funny. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's much more just, enjoyable. This this evolution of Nikki, right? Having a dog that's not a working dog. Um, and sort of transition, how your mind is transitioning um, and what your priorities are as far as teaching. Yeah. Uh, because it isn't about like, listen to me so much as it's like, I'm going to help facilitate this environment. I'm going to help you get through all of this and... I'm going to keep you safe while we're doing it. And, you know, here are the expectations. That's so important. It's so important to Absolutely. set boundaries and have expectations. That's part of any relationship. But um, not necessarily, you know, little tricks and, and th- which those things are fun, too. Because well, absolutely. The more yeah, you can teach them, the better. Yeah, they, that builds confidence and, and things like that. But just from a basic standpoint, what does, what does it mean when you say, I want my dog to have basic obedience or basic manners, you've completely changed your thinking on that uh, because things like sitting down, they, why? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause why usually if I put his place that? out, he'll go and he'll sit or lay down on it automatically. Right. Because he knows, Oh, Hey, I get rewarded if I'm here. Yes. Um, it's just, it's really, it's been fun. Interesting to see. Yeah. And that, that evolution. It, it's been more, Actually, I'm I'm more relaxed with it because I'm not like, oh, at this age, I got to have this and I got to have this. My mm-hmm. dog better do this or I'm not going to look like I know what I'm doing and I got to do this. And now I'm just like, you know what? I don't really care what anybody else thinks. Um, this is my dog and, and I am preparing him for what I want him to do for me um, in the relationship I want to have with him. Yeah. And, you know, so when I'm like in class last night and I'm asking him to sit and he didn't sit. <laughs> He's like, no, thanks. He's just standing there. And I was like, okay. And I explained to people why. Because I want them to understand that obedience is not going to give your dog the skills they need to be successful in this life. Mm -hmm. Developing that relationship, developing a nice, solid, thick crust. Oh, that's gross. (laughs) Look, I'm thinking pizza, apple pie. I don't know what my aversion to certain words. Everybody has it, though. Everybody does it. Yeah, see, moist doesn't bother me. Stop. Okay. <laughs> you are traumatizing me right Crest now. Crust doesn't bother me either. But it's it's kind of a weird 
um, acronym. I'm going to put a trigger warning the beginning yeah, of this on this episode, because of moist and crust because you were saying these <laughs> disgusting words over and over without any regard to anyone else's feelings, and I just don't think that's okay. <laughs> you know, you're taking your dog's uh, feelings into consideration. Am, what about mine? I am taking. What the about dogs. our listeners? So, so for my, who's my good boy? Who's my good girl? Who's my good boy? That's for my listeners. Okay, well. I'm still sitting here across from you. <laughs> Myers is passed out down here. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's actually been a lot more fun having a puppy where we've just gone and really just taken in the world together. Mm-hmm. And he's made me slow down and just enjoy the time we have together and just enjoy the little things. Yeah. I mean, we went and walked around um, the pond in, in town the other day. So we could walk around you know, ducks and geese and people and dogs. And I mean, these people were making this uh, track. They probably walked around this thing three times and we'd barely made it one mm-hmm. because we weren't there for exercise. Because I don't think walks should be exercise based. I think walks should be about um, teaching about the world. Yeah. Enrichment. And um, it just made me slow down. And we stopped and sat off in the shade and played with some pine cones. <laughs> What's really funny is that at the same time that you were at that pond, you were. I was at my mom's house. Yes. She has a pond. Yes. Uh, and Isabella and I also play a game where she gets to herd the frogs. Herd. Herd. Not hurt. Not hurt. Do not let her get the frogs. Um, she herds them all into the pond, and she's so proud of herself. See, I think that's pressure because it's a little thing that you're allowing her to do that it, that meets those genetics. It's hard to to do without a farm, right? So for her to to have those um, those small opportunities yeah. to do something where she was just like, wow, look at me. Yeah. While you're working at a different pond yeah. with Myers on, you know. Um, Not barking exposure at the Exposure. <laughs> or know. eating goose poop. Yeah. Exposure. Did, right? Things yeah. like that. Yeah. So just, I think the, the, I don't know how many times I can say this and I probably will say it a hundred. I just, I really want people to change their thought process when it comes to the relationship with their dog and how to get that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's where my next book I really want to focus on, not a how-to book on how to train this or train that, or but truly those little things, like we talk about on the podcast, little things that can help change the path that you're on, good or bad, um, and just looking at the relationship differently and getting away from this whole, I got to be alpha dominant. Um, you know, the dog needs to respect me. I feed him, you know, and it's like, you know, one of my clients said, I thought that a dog is never supposed to growl or snarl at their mm-hmm. owner. Well, again, if they, if they're not allowed to communicate to the one person they're supposed to trust, then what did you leave them with? Exactly. Right. That's that old school thinking. Yeah. And that's what I really want people to get away from. Uh, so hopefully now you guys can think about the relationship with your dog. You think of good crust. Okay. <laughs> it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant acronym. I'll give you that. Uh, Thank you. I work hard at these things. Even if it freaks me out a little bit. Next thing you know, we're going to have shirts uh, that look like has a pizza crust on the back with the the words inside. Holding all that, which is Developing that love and relationship. 
You're going to have to hire someone to do that. I can't do that one. Oh, no. She's killing me. Hey, I hope you guys are getting on and, and buying our shirts and, um, you know, wearing these awesome things around, showing your support to dog speak and showing your support to changing the relationship that we have with dogs, understanding them more, uh, truly being what they need and truly uh, developing those attributes that will create the love that you seek. Faux show. Faux show. We have any listeners questions this, this week? Um, we, we do have a couple of listeners questions. Um, however, <laughs> uh, and, and I've, so if you're waiting on your question, um, I've, I've already communicated to them why they haven't been answered yet. They are full episodes that we have coming up. Really? Yes. Um, one, because we've been asked the same thing a few times. So I think it'd be easier just to address it all in one podcast. Excellent. Um, we have a few things that sort of go together. So, um, if you've sent questions, just know they're going to be answered, but they may be a full length podcast instead of just a listener question. That's awesome. Yeah. We've got some great uh, ideas. One thing I will throw out there, this is more of a Instagram question that I keep getting asked. Um, what I don't know if we addressed this in the last one or not. I can't remember. It feels like it's been years. Um, but we've been asked many times what ingredients we use for our topples um, and our interactive toys. Um, so, one, make sure that whatever you're using – Obviously, avoid sugar and things that dogs should not have or what your dog should not have. So if they're too intolerant to anything. Um, so I use a combination of baby food. I use single ingredient baby food, organic, uh, no sugar added, uh, peanut butter that's designed for dogs. Uh, Westpaw has some great um, squeeze treats. Yep. Those are great to mix in. Um, Greek yogurt if your dog tolerates it. Again, make sure there's no sugar added to that. Um, I, gosh, I'm trying to remember everything I added to this last batch. It sort of differs uh, from batch to batch and single ingredient treats. Yes. Uh, I also use mix all that together. Um, we'll get more into enrichment and another. I've got some in-depth enrichment questions. Oh, excellent. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about that okay. in another one. But I just want to give everyone some of the ingredients that we're using. Um Minimal peanut butter if you're using that, because that can cause upset, you know. It's uh, very fattening, and yeah. it can definitely cause some upset stomach. Uh, again, they're, I think it's Nature's Logic that makes the peanut butter. I think you're right. I think there is another couple of yeah, a couple dogs. brands out there. but Yeah, so that sort of thing. Um, yeah, oh, fruits and veggies are great. Um, if you go to West Paul's Instagram, um, they have some great ideas on there. And you can also recipes. go to their website yeah. where they have recipes. Yeah, and there are several um, Instagram accounts related to enrichment that have great recipes as well that you can use. So um, anyway, I just want to throw that out there because I, I got asked that a lot on the Instagram post that I put awesome. several weeks ago. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you guys are asking these questions. Keep asking questions. Let us hear from you. Um, we've got some great ideas. I do have um, recording to this month with clients which is going to be i'm so excited about this so uh it should be good and um we'll probably have explicit at least on one of them (laughs) but uh uh, so we'll probably have both of those out i'm hoping uh here in the next month or two we'll have those out so it sounds like we have a lot of of good ones coming up really cool stuff coming up 
All um, right. One one involving relationships with neighbors. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I mean, really awesome questions. And we've okay. we've actually gotten this this listener question quite a bit, so I feel like it's something we need to address. But yeah, really cool stuff coming up. I love it, guys. I appreciate that. Love that you're you're throwing these questions at us. We want to hear from you. Um, we love hearing from you. The other thing that you can do for us is share this podcast with your friends, your family, your your neighbors. Maybe your neighbors need it. Uh, maybe don't wait until we do the neighbors episode. Just go ahead and start sharing it. Um, as long as you're on good terms with them. As long as you're on good terms with like, them throw it That's across right. their fence or something. And if, if you're able to rate and review wherever you listen, please do so because that helps us uh, be found by others and it helps us to reach more people. Um, and we would love to get more listeners because that's the way we're going to move towards hopefully having like, you know, Kurgo um, sponsor us or something. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> so we can give you guys things. So we can give you things, <laughs> discounts and all that good stuff and fun stuff. Uh, but do check out the website. Make sure you are following us on Instagram. That's where we're doing most of our posts mm-hmm. is Instagram. Uh, we're not doing very much on Facebook. Uh, we'll still kind of do some things on Facebook, but Instagram for sure. Yeah. Um, I got some exciting ideas coming up. Uh, some opportunities for you guys to be involved maybe in a live session with me, um, with a client. So keep uh, keep your eyes out for that. And um, hopefully we'll have more information for you on that in the next few weeks. And don't forget the communication seminar. And don't forget to go to our um, shop and get some get some gear. Buy some gear. I need you to buy gear. Be a dog speak geek. Buy gear. You got anything last? You got any lasting words for everyone out there? I got nothing. Got nothing. All right. I hope <laughs> you guys have a phenomenal week. And remember, crust is the key to love. And I'm gonna let Britt go. Be sick now. <laughs>